Okay, Boker Tov, everybody. So until now, we've been discussing how Torah study can ch- help create that shift in perspective, which helps us change the way we look at a mitzvah, change the way we relate to a mitzvah, and to touch our inner will, what's inside of us, to change our orientation. We're about doing Tushibah, it's not just about the specific acts and, and battling against the specific acts, but we go deeper than the specific acts. We find that underlying will, and we're able to successfully change it. So we've discussed so far how Torah study plays a major role in that. But here, Rabbi Leichter suggests a different path, an alternative path, an additional path that we can use in order to go about doing this. So he says, sometimes with a simple shift in our perception, we can manage to identify with the mitzvot and get a sense of their ni'imut. That ni'imut, that sweetness of the mitzvot that we've been talking about that comes through Torah study, it's not, you don't just need Torah study. Sometimes we can do something else that will create a shift in our perspective to help us be able to better uh, relate to the mitzvah and to properly do teshuvah in a certain area. So he gives the following very important example of Lashon Hara. So he says, there are many reasons why we have a very hard time avoiding the temptation to gossip. So first of all, it gives us a sense of power, the, the pleasure that we have, that we feel powerful over somebody else because we, we know information, we could share information, we feel like it gives us something special. So that's part of the challenge of Lashon Hara. Uh, but also he says that generally we are unaware of its destructive capacity. We don't realize how destructive speaking Lashon Hara could be. And therefore we relate to Lashon Hara as a chok. It's a law which doesn't have a reason, doesn't make any sense, because we're not thinking about what the practical outcomes of Lashon Hara are. So we think that it's a chok, it's just a rule, it's just a law. It doesn't have any, um, it, it doesn't have any reasoning which we can relate to. And then, uh, so that's, that's how we treat it as a chok. So it's much, more, it's much harder to keep a chok when a person doesn't relate to the reasoning. He doesn't see the underlying reasoning behind the mitzvah. So he gives the following suggestion in order to help shift our perspective on the avirah of Lashon Hara to help in the teshuvah process. So he says, perhaps if we try, that all the members of one's family make a determined effort to at least refrain from speaking Lashon Hara about each other, which is very interesting. Think about this. A person has, Baruch Hashem, is blessed with family, children, whatever he has, whatever his situation is, and he makes an effort that within the family, maybe it's his siblings, his parents, whatever, whatever it is, that within that family, there's no Lashon Hara spoken. That they, they're very careful about talking about each other. That's where they start. They speak about within the home. So he says, what's going to happen? What's the outcome? He says that it changes the atmosphere of the home. The atmosphere of the home becomes one infused with positivity, purity, tranquility. And he experiences this positivity, purity, and tranquility. He sees this positive turnaround in the house, in the home. He's much more likely to emerge with a tangible sense of the benefits of avoiding Lashon Hara in his life. He sees that he can, he can, re, he can see with his own eyes, he can experience with his own life what it means to, to have a world without Lashon Hara. So what, what, the difference that not speaking Lashon Hara makes in his life. And he recognizes that what he describes here is the incalculable effort of making such a determined, uh, the calculable, incalculable value of making such a determined effort. So that's a, an alternative way to creating that shift. So even though, even without the Torah study, but he can get the appreciation of the Amira and the Ima, what we are calling the, the sweetness of the mitzvah, uh, and of that of Lashon Hara, to be able to not view it just as a chok, but as a mishpat, something which makes sense, something which, which actually has, he can understand why the mitzvah is there, because he sees and he experiences the change that it makes. It's a paradigm shift 
and it motivates him and empowers him to overcome the drive to speak Lashon Hara. Once he can connect to the mitzvah in that way, because the, the outcome of the positive fulfillment of the mitzvah becomes a reality to him, so that makes it much easier to overcome whatever desires he will have. So he says, he sort of summarizes over here, that although Rabbi Yisrael Salanta wrote specifically about in-depth Torah study, but intense focus on a particular mitzvah can bring about a fundamental shift in perception, and it can also provide a means for developing a personal connection with the mitzvah. Once a person sees the outcomes of not speaking Lashon Hara, so he develops a personal connection with that mitzvah. He concludes the chapter with a very interesting, very important point, summarizing a lot of what we learned in the last couple of shiurim. So he says that without a question... Searching for this amira ni'ima, the sweetness of the mitzvot, is very difficult. It's, it's, it could be even daunting. So he says, however, a special measure of siyata dishmaya, heavenly assistance, is reserved for those who are engaged in the work of teshuvah. If a person puts in the effort, he tries, so then Hashem gives him a huge amount of divine assistance of si'ata dishmai to properly do teshuvah. He's searching for that amira and ima, either through the Torah study or through the shift in perspective, and Hashem will help him. He quotes a midrash that says Hashem, he receives balei teshuvah through a special tunnel that he digs under his kisei kavod. So he says what the, the deeper meaning of this is, is that there's a direct and unobstructed path which is available to those who genuinely struggle, are, who are generally struggling to return to Hashem. Those who try, who make in the effort to do Teshuvah, especially through this upper entrance of the hay that we've been discussing, be able to shift our perspective, not to come out through the hay the same way he went in, but to find a different way to come back in, so that creates, Hashem will create an unobstructed path to help that person, whether it's through Torah study, whether it's through trying to create a shift in perspective, like the example he gave, through making a rule of, we don't speak Lashon Hara about members of the family, so that, and he sees the, the tranquility that that creates, the whole peace in the home, the harmony in the home that that creates, and it shifts his perspective. So whatever the modality that he is trying, through that, he, Hashem gives him siyata dishmaya to be able to uh, return to him and to be able to properly do teshuvah. Okay, Rabbi Tai, have a wonderful day. Kol Tuf.